Good evening. Our top story tonight, Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell is reportedly the new Debo Samuel. Paris Campbell lining up in the backfield. Paris Campbell being used all over the field by the New York Giants. And once again, we are at a point in the offseason where it's just talk. It's nonsense. There is nothing to be gleaned here. It is just pure overreaction across the NFL, and we'll get to it on Player Profiler today. New York Giants media has been saying that Paris Campbell is the new Debo Samuel. Paris Campbell is the focal point of the offense. He is 15 catches from Daniel Jones throughout mandatory minicamp. That is four more than any player. Paris Campbell, he's being used in the slot. He's being used all over the field. He's being used in the backfield. He's new Debo Samuel. Paris Campbell is going to be a huge part of the New York Giants offense if you listen to beat reporters. Bruh, Jalen Hyatt taking this man's job. That's all. Nope. Not even a little bit. They don't even play remotely the same position. Jalen Hyatt is a stretch Z. Paris Campbell is a slot gadget player. So, nope. That is incorrect. Factually inaccurate. No, Jalen Hyatt is not taking Paris Campbell's job. And in fact, Jalen Hyatt is working with the third team right now. He's barely cracking the second team lineup. No, no, no. Jalen Hyatt is going to take some time to adjust. Kevin, happy to have you on the show. Same with the Harry Snowman, as well as Toronto Dave, Max Swanson. Happy to have so many friends here on the show in the chat. Always a better show when you can tune in. But back to Paris Campbell. You got to remember, Paris Campbell was top 10 in routes run last year, and he was outside the top 40 in points per game at wide receiver. Paris Campbell is an average NFL wide receiver. He is not going to be the focal point of the Giants offense. He is not going to be Debo Samuel. Because when you look at the history of the Brian Dable offense, have they had a Debo Samuel ever? Well, surely they drafted Wandell Robinson to be that guy, but then you'll look back and know, actually, Wandell Robinson only had two carries last season, minus one yard, one snap in the backfield. That is not very Debo Samuel-esque. And Kadarius Tony, he had two carries last year. Richie James had two as well. So that is six carries for the wide receiver. So doesn't really tell us that Brian Dable has a history of using players like a Debo Samuel. But back in 2021, we did see a wide receiver with nine carries. That wide receiver in 2020 also had a 10 carry season. So yes, they do give carries to the wide receiver in the New York Giants Buffalo Bills offense. That wide receiver was Isaiah McKenzie, a part-time gadget slot receiver. Paris Campbell will be a full-time gadget slot receiver, but Paris Campbell is a lot closer to Isaiah McKenzie than he is to Debo Samuel. No one is Debo Samuel. It's like hearing running backs are going to play in the slot. It's like hearing tight ends are the new slot receiver. It just doesn't work that way. And so 
Yep. Just more hype, more absolute nonsense from NFL media. Paris Campbell, don't get me wrong. He will have a role in this offense. Paris Campbell will be a starting wide receiver. Paris Campbell will be productive. But in fantasy football, he's not a wide receiver two. He's probably not a wide receiver three. He's a wide receiver four five. A flex guy. Rotate in on bye weeks. He's not the guy on this offense. For the New York Giants this season, Darren Waller is going to be the focal point along with Saquon Barkley. Darren Waller, focal point of the passing game, though. And then at wide receiver, Isaiah Hodgins is going to have some weeks. Paris Campbell's going to have some weeks. Darius Slayton's going to have some weeks. They're all, I hate to say it, I hate the cliche, but they're all better in a best ball because at no point in 2023 will you feel confident inserting Paris Campbell into your starting lineup. It's just not going to happen. Paris Campbell is fine, but Paris Campbell is not Debo Samuel, and he's not overly fantasy relevant either. And if you want to draft Paris Campbell, which I actually just did, I did draft Paris Campbell over on the FFPC in the Roto Underworld draft that we've been doing, but I took him pretty late. I'm just filling out my roster at receiver. And again, it's a best ball. Prefer Paris Campbell like all these Giants receivers, like all these Chiefs receivers in a best ball because you just don't know who's going to start every week. That's the beauty of some of these FFPC contests. Podfather, take it away. Hey, you know, people always ask me, what's the World Series of Fantasy? What's the Super Bowl of Fantasy? And it's easy. It's the FFPC. Their signature Players Championship has a $6 million prize pool. And their best ball leagues start in February. And they're the answer to so many questions. Hey, what's the best place to get a Dynasty Orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC right now. There's more orphans at the FFPC than anywhere else on the internet. That's why we partner with them. So if you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, you love Dynasty, you love best ball, you love seasonal leagues, all types of fantasy footballers need to go to the FFPC and remember... Use promo code UNDERWORLD. Promo code UNDERWORLD gets you $25 off your first team. Promo code UNDERWORLD, $25 off your first team, no matter what the format is, at the FFPC. Go get it. Go get it over at the FFPC. Unfortunately, though, yes, this is the time of year where everyone is overhyped. Everything is more important than it actually is. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Lego Movie. For those of you who have not seen, go watch Lego Movie. That was such an incredible movie. But in the NFL, everything is awesome right now. Everything is perfect. Every player is the best they've ever been. And so when you hear Paris Campbell's in the backfield, when you hear running back like Jameer Gibbs is in the slot, I just don't care that much. I really don't care about so much of the off-season hype. There are good things. There are objective things that we can pay attention to, like Luke Musgrave and Jaden Reed working with the first-team offense. That is something tangible. Jalen Hyatt working mainly with the third team. That is something tangible. Those are things that we can take note of and say, okay, this is a trend. This is where the player fits in the organization right now. But 
when it comes to coach speak hype for what this player can do outside of a conventional NFL offense, it just doesn't matter right now. It doesn't work that way. It's unfortunate, but it doesn't. How the NFL does work is that Mike Evans will get 1,000 yards every season, and Mike Evans is going to get a new contract in short order, it sounds like. Mike Evans currently the 17th, 17th paid wide receiver in the NFL at $16.5 million. He is looking for a pay increase. The Bucks are looking to extend Mike Evans to lower his cap hit. And you have to think, this is a partially for the future move and not more of a present or a for the present move. This is a move to help whatever quarterback they have in 2023. If it's Caleb Williams, if it's Drake May, having a Mike Evans is going to help that development curve quite a bit. I know Mike Evans is getting up there in age. He is almost 30 or is he 30 yet? Either way, He's getting up there. At some point, Mike Evans will start to decline. But for now, when you are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you are a rebuilding roster that will push the reset button at quarterback next year. It's really not a bad thing to extend your playmakers. I thought heading into the season, it wouldn't be a bad idea to trade Mike Evans, get as much as you can for this this full rebuild tank. but. If you're not going in that direction, if you are unwilling to trade Mike Evans, then giving him an extension makes sense. Tying him to Caleb Williams, tying him to Drake May, whatever quarterback it is, having Mike Evans makes your transition to the NFL a hell of a lot easier. He's just going for a thousand yards every single season. He and Chris Godwin will continue to play off each other with a new era once Baker Mayfield and or Kyle Trask inevitably flame out. But the Bucks are making some other moves as well. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done some contract shuffling with two rookies. Tristan Wirfs, their right tackle, or actually, he's their left tackle now. Tristan Wirfs is moving to left tackle at right tackle. It will be last year's left guard, Luke Gadiki. All sorts of movement on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line. They've got Matt Filer from the Chargers now at left guard. This is a degraded offensive line. It has gotten worse. Moving Tristan Wirfs, an all-pro from right tackle to left tackle, isn't actually a good thing because there's a change in footwork. I'm not saying Tristan Wirfs is going to fail by any means. I'm not saying this won't work out, but... It doesn't matter left tackle versus right tackle. Tristan Wirfs is an all pro right tackle. He has mastered that position. The footwork, the muscle memory, all of that is just perfect. So asking him to learn something new could cause some growing pains. And when you have a right tackle who's never done it in the NFL, that can cause some growing pains too. Yes, as the Harry Snowman says, Tristan Wirfs is so good. I have no doubt that over time, he will learn left tackle and he will absolutely dominate. But just saying, it's a little bit of a change. And the Bucks have added three voidable years to Tristan Wirfs' contract. Obviously, they picked up his fifth-year option. So now, his contract goes for this year, next year, 
the year after. I think he's here for three years, and then he's got three more avoidable, three more years after that. Or no, no, Werfs would be in. He's going into year four. Anyway, I can't remember all these guys. Anyways, Tristan Werfs. Yeah, he's going into year four because he and Antoine Winfield were the same draft class, and Antoine Winfield is a free agent after the season, and the Bucks added four years, four voidable years to Antoine Winfield's contract. They are saving salary cap space by shuffling Tristan Wirfs and shuffling Antoine Winfield. The interesting thing, though, is this says nothing for Tristan Wirfs, his future with the team, because he's still got two years left under contract. They'll address it then, and they'll have more cap space then. But for Antoine Winfield, the Bucks could just have easily extended Antoine Winfield to free up that same cap space, and they didn't. So that tells me that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be moving on from T- Antoine Winfield Jr. after this season. Tristan Wirfs is, of course, going to be sticking around. They are not making room for Mike Evans. That is not how that works. Mike Evans, anything that he gets this year. Sorry, Mike Evans' salary cap, if they extend him this year, it will actually lower signing Mike Evans lowers the salary cap. They don't need to make room for Mike Evans. Anyways, those are the moves for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the contracts that are being shuffled around. Finally, we have the news across the NFL. Bryce Young. Bryce Young is absolutely loved by Brian Burns and the rest of this locker room. Brian Burns, who, by the way, we talked about the other day, he looks good as hell in that number zero jersey. But Brian Burns says Bryce Young has put his stamp on the locker room. Bryce Young has swag. He is humble, but knows he is the shit. He's got it, but he's humble with it, and he's always happy. It's hard not to like Bryce Young. Bryce Young has won over the Carolina Panthers locker room. He has won the QB1 job from Andy Dalton. He has taken the leadership badge from Andy Dalton. He is the one running after every single drill. He is the one sprinting, leading the team to the next drill while Andy Dalton follows Bryce Young. Andy Dalton, the veteran, is following in line for Bryce Young. I don't believe the Buccaneers are bringing in someone. It's possible. It is possible they're bringing someone in, but more likely they are super crunched right now in terms of cap space. So this could be to help finish signing the rookie class as well. Same as the Los Angeles Rams when they restructured Cooper Cup. Yes, kind of sounds like, oh, could they be bringing in Dalvin Cook? Could they be making a move for Hopkins? But the more likely scenario is they need to sign their rookie class. They need space just during the season when injuries come up, so on and so forth. Colt Snowdy, happy to have you on the show, my friend. Enjoy your shift at work today. And enjoy Sam Howell as the starter for the Washington Commanders. He is QB1. I got hate from some Commanders fans for reporting that Sam Howell had a bad practice. That was the title of the video, but make sure to highlight Sam Howell had a very successful OTA and minicamp, had one bad practice, rebounded Ron Rivera, is happy what he has seen from Sam Howell. He will enter camp as QB1. Jacoby Brissett still competing to become QB1 as well, but this is Sam Howell's job to lose at this point. 
And for the Cowboys, the running back two job is Malik Davis's to lose. Ronald Jones is the RB3, which is fine. He's <laughs> the, the, the Cowboys are probably going to bring in a third running back. They're probably not going to have Ronald Jones in that high priority of a role. I won't be shocked if Malik Davis actually is their RB2. It really seems as though they like him. Really seems as though the Cowboys have faith in Malik Davis. So maybe they bring in Kareem Hunt to be the RB3 or slash RB2 if Malik Davis fails. Because I can't see them bringing back Zeke at this point. I think they want to see what they have in Malik Davis. Can't see them going for Dalvin Cook for that same reason. Leonard Fournette, same reason. And Deuce Vaughn, baby, you are correct. But Deuce Vaughn has his own roles. Deuce Vaughn does his own thing. He's a scat back. He's the Darren Sproles. So, yeah, he's a running back, but he's not in this 2-3 competition so much. It could be Zeke. It very well could be Zeke. But, I, I, again, I think they like Malik Davis enough that they want to see what they have in him. And it also sounds as though Jake Ferguson is expected to be the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys when the season opens up. It is going to take some time for Luke Schoonmaker to seize that role. He didn't practice a whole lot through minicamp, through OTAs. He did suffer a foot injury. He's expected to be back for training camp. But as of now, Jake Ferguson is working with the first team. Jake Ferguson knows the offense. And Luke Schoonmaker's already behind the eight ball. He's got some ground to make up. Looks like Jake Ferguson is going to be the start. But again, this could be a Blake Jarwin versus Dalton Schultz situation where they both have their weeks and then they combine for a tight end one. Or one of them could just be Dalton Schultz of the last couple of years. I don't know how it's going to shake out, but I do know both Dallas Cowboys tight ends and possibly even Peyton Hendershot are going to get some run. Will our Lions get another crack at hard knocks? I don't think they're going to accept that. I know the NFL has asked them, but I think that getting leaked says it's not going to happen. I don't think it would have leaked if it was a yes. Schoonmaker was mixing in with the first team, but again, he was still behind Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot in those reps. Now he is not getting those reps. Sounds as though Jake Ferguson is the day one starter, and it's going to take time for Schoonmaker to pass him. And with that injury, it just gets harder and harder to climb up the depth chart. Final piece of news on the day. There was a Xavier Howard celebrity baseball tournament, home run derby, all sorts of fun in Miami. Jalen Waddle hit five home runs today in the home run derby. But then in the second round, he lost to Bobby McCain, former Dolphin safety, former commander safety, current giant safety. Three to one. But Jalen Waddle, he is not just an athlete on the field. He is an athlete on the diamond as well. And to a tug of Aloha, he comes out and he hits a home run to start the game. Yes, this is the time of offseason. These are the stories that we have. It's going to be a long couple weeks after OTAs and mini camps wrap up. We are going to be desperate for any information we can get. We will be here to cover it all on Player Profiler today.